Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adel Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Good morning everybody out there and welcome to another show of Healthy You, Wealthy You. Um, I hope you are enjoying your day and staying warm. It's a bit chilly out there. Um, we're very, very excited to have on our show again today Taryn Cochlin, um, because simply what we are talking about is probably very, very fundamental to our health as a whole. Last week we spoke about gut health. We had a tremendous amount of feedback, and we decided to bring Taryn back on to discuss something that Fagy and I have been uh, speaking about um, quite often, and that is our relationship with sugar and what sugar does on our body, and it is a fundamental in in good health. Uh, Taryn um, is very, very well-placed in helping us uh, and giving us the correct information about how to have a healthy gut. She has a diploma in anatomy and physiology. She is a, a functional medicine practitioner, something that we've spoken about a lot, functional medicine practitioner, meaning that we don't look at a part, but we look at the sum of the parts of a person and see how everything is, in fact, connected one to the other. She's also uh, a... a uh, has a postgrad in colon therapy and nutrition. She's completed a course in Chinese diagnostics, in nutritional oncology, in DNA genetic coaching and more. She has um, attended countless seminars and really has is, is looks at the person in a complete whole. So with no further ado, welcome Fagi, my co-host, and welcome Taryn back to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning everyone. We were all uh, smiling to each other at what our offices look like. We won't describe <laughs> them um, on air, but we're all really ensconced in our ensconced uh, <laughs> in our uh, comfort zone right now. And I'm really, really excited to talk about uh, sugar and our relationship with it. Uh, just to put it out there again, this is a layman show. Faggy and I are. Um, just ordinary human beings trying to make sense of the, our health and how to make things better. And anything that we speak about on this show, please do not take it on face value. Listen to it. We want you to, we want to open up your mind. This is really why we have the show, but always go under the care of a medical practitioner of your choice. Um, in addition, uh, Faggy and I run a WhatsApp group. If you'd like to join it, then simply email info at highfm.com. Uh, just give your name and please don't forget your cell phone number and we will gladly put you on and you can join the conversation. We don't overload the WhatsApp group. We just do a post a day and uh, that just keeps you, you motivated in, uh, in, in trying to maintain better health. Also, if you have any questions that you would like us to ask our guest today, you can SMS 34519, and uh, we will hopefully try to get to answer that. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. 
Well, welcome everybody and um, good morning to everyone. Taryn, I'm going to ask you the first question about sugar and it's not, it probably is definitely connected to ingesting sugar, but why is it so important for us to stabilize our blood sugars? It's extremely important. It's absolutely everything to you. And I think I'm going to ask the question first of all is how many people wake up in the morning incredibly tired? They drag themselves through the day. They may pick up a little bit of energy later on in the day, and then they, they drop again in the afternoon. Do they have water retention? Do they have constipation? Do they have fluctuating blood pressure, um, sweating a lot, um, always hungry, fuzzy brain, frequent urination? Are they depressed during the day? Do they not sleep at night? These are all questions that relate to unstable blood sugar levels. And wow, so that's that is, all of us. It's a, <laughs> it's <laughs> that's why my office is full. Yeah, Lina, <laughs> let's all go to Taryn. <laughs> it's um, how, you know, people rush off because they've got all of these symptoms and they treat them as single symptoms. But in fact, if you look at them as a whole and you look at how people are eating throughout the day, um, this gives you a very good idea of why it's so important to actually stabilize your blood sugar levels. I think one of the big... Um, Symptoms that we have and we often don't recognize it is uh, getting angry, moody, irritable, tired, anxious, especially in the morning and often later on in the afternoon when you get that big dip in the afternoon. And all of us know what that feels like is that that dip that we feel between 2.30 and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And um, they've actually proved that there's more road rage, more crimes of passion, mm. more, more um, anger outbursts during these dips that we have during the day. So that all has to do then with your, your, you keeping stable. your blood, sh- blood sugars stable. Definitely. Most definitely. It's, um, nobody actually looks at diet. They get the blood pressure tablet or mm. for example, with women that get polycystic ovarian syndrome, that's another area that has got a lot to do with the way you regulate your insulin, the way you regulate your blood sugar levels. So, I have a personal uh, story with a PCOS actually busy saying it on radio, but it's my personal story. Um, I had PCOS in the beginning of my marriage and I went to my gynae and he basically said to me that I need to go on metformin. Um, and I was living in Montreal at the time and I messaged my doctor here in Johannesburg and I had said to him, well, the doctor wants me to go on metformin. I was about 20 kilos overweight at the time. And uh, he says to me, well, I said to him, well, I can either do that or do like a really strict diet, but the diet basically tells me that I can't take the metformin. Uh, which one should I do? And he said to me, do the diet rather than taking the medication. I went, I did the diet, I'd lost 20 kilos, and as soon as I'd lost all the weight, I felt pregnant. That, that is that you see very often. And another thing is you've got this, as we discussed, the irritability and the anger and that is that um, – insulin or your blood sugar levels and your cortisol, your stress hormone, have this wonderful interplay of um, sort of uh, playing each other off. The more stressed you become, the more your blood sugar levels become unstable. The more your blood sugar levels become unstable, the more you, you, you're pushing out more cortisol. And so it becomes this vicious cycle that goes on throughout the day. Um, and night. And so when people can't sleep at night, it's often because they've got these, these blood sugar dips and they've got cortisol surges and they wake up absolutely exhausted in the morning. So I was having a discussion with Fagy last night on all of this is that is it the cart before the horse or the horse before the cart? 
meaning um, if I am stressed, I'm going to obviously mess up my, my, my sugar. So why should I concentrate on what I'm doing and eating when I should really be concentrating on my stress? Or is it the vice versa? And really, the, it's, the question is, is bigger, like this whole idea about gut health as a whole. Like, is it, um, I, you know, that I have, I have a depression and I need to deal with the depression and that will help me eat better or should I eat better and that will help me deal with the depression? Like, what comes first? Or is there no such thing? Is there just an interplay? Look, stress is an enormous big, um, I call it a very big um, killer um, for many reasons, is that um, I try and explain to people about stress and, and eating well, is that if you can imagine you've got this umbrella and the top of the umbrella is, is called stress, and down below you've got that little hook, that little crook of the umbrella where you hold it, and you call mm. that nutrition. Now, if you are not nutritionally sound and if you're not stabilizing your blood sugar levels, that umbrella is so easy to push over. It will fall over anyway because it is so unstable. But if you put a concrete base on that umbrella and you call that nutrition, it's very hard to knock that umbrella over. And that same stress that you had before is is a quarter of the, the mm. stress that you usually have if you are not optimally nutrition and you're not stabilizing your blood sugar levels. And you mentioned there about depression and treating your depression. Mm. Uh, last week I mentioned this young girl that I was treating that had been in Tara a couple of times that had um, tried to commit suicide. And once we stabilized her blood sugar levels, um, and she was able to lose the weight. She was able to sleep better at night. She was getting through the day. Is She was not depressed. She was not half as depressed. It was a food that was actually driving her, going for hours without food. And then when she was eating, she was binging um, and all the wrong things. Because when you go into these dips, you don't start thinking about, well, I think I'm going to go and chew on a carrot now. What you want is a muffin. You want a cup of coffee. You want mm. tea. You Comfort want food. a chip. You know, whatever it is, and you see this in office environments a lot, is that afternoon dip when people are in meetings. Um, they often say you have your most boring meetings in the afternoon and you're just desperately trying to get through the day. You are going to pick up another cup of coffee. You're going to pick up the sausage rolls that are sitting on the side of the counter of a, you know, one of these meetings. Mm-hmm. You are not going to go and think, well, look, I need to go get my green smoothie. That's not going to sound appetizing enough. It's because you need something to push you, to bring you up. And it's always going to be the wrong thing. Right. I, I think that that is the, probably the most difficult thing to do. I know for myself in my office is that, uh, you know, I can be focused on eating something properly during, you know, in the morning, but, um, you know, as the day goes by and probably my adrenaline goes up and the stress goes up, if I don't have something that I can reach out to that is nutritionally sound, I do. Like I'll just like walk into the kitchen and just try to find anything and, you know, to, to boost me up, to, to keep me going. And I think that that is like, you know, that, that does it. It works against you. And then by the end of the day, you've actually eaten a whole lot of garbage <laughs> instead of like, you know, giving yeah. what you, what, what your body needs. What does everybody out there feel? Do you, do you have these dips? Um, do you have any comments or, or, or questions for us? You can SMS us on 34519. After the break, we are going to unpack this big topic just a little bit more. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern.
Well, welcome back, and we're having an incredibly interesting conversation about blood sugar. Taryn, maybe describe what, what, what are the signs of a hypoglycemic dip? That's often um, we, one of the big things you see is the, the um, irritability. The, the, um, you can actually go into almost like a diabetic shock when you go into a hypoglycemic, especially for people that are diabetic. But um, you start to see this fatigue happening that um, you can even become a little delirious. And so um, I don't know if anyone's had that feeling where you've got to, you've got to like eat now, like right now or otherwise. Um, I mean, I can get that if I go without food for hours and that's you going into that, mm. that um, hyperglycemic dip. But the, what's very important here with this hyperglycemic dip is that the times of the day you eat are extremely important. And I'd love to actually cover that is when should you eating during the day. Um, because that is going to play an enormous big part in what happens with you during these dips. So go ahead, explain that to me, because I've always, like, and in, in describing it, um, are you a fan of intermittent fasting? So in between that, maybe you can uh, talk about that too. <laughs> okay. It's... Um, and by the way, just one of the other symptoms that you actually see very big with these dips is a digestive issues. Enormous big digestive issues. But, um, so my thing, and this is purely my thinking, um, it's not, it goes against what a lot of dietitians have been taught. But over the years, I've, I've just watched the, the cycles that go through with clients and where they are feeling these dips. And so I've actually adjusted my eating programs according to this. So if somebody wants to detox or they just want to lose weight or they have, um, autoimmune disease is we still stick to the same principles now if you go without food for hours okay you wake up in the morning you haven't eaten overnight and then you skip breakfast you have a cup of coffee you grab a muffin or you think well i'm going to eat when i get to the office and you've already missed out on all of that um um time when you could have actually stabilized your cortisol, you could have stabilized your blood sugar levels, and you stabilize your hormones first thing in the morning. So if right. you are missing very good breakfast, and you are on the go, you're in meetings, you're running around with the kids, and you think, well, I'm going to eat later, I'm going to eat later, you're already going into one of those dips. And how right. it, it literally is causing more and more inflammation. And by the time that you eat again, you overeat. So for me, the most important time of the day to eat is breakfast. And you want to catch the dip in the afternoon before the dip happens. And that's your 2.30 to 4 o'clock. So you've got to make sure that those two meals are the most important meals of the day. You need your energy during the day. You need your mental focus and clarity. You need your, um, you know, keeping your hands on the steering wheel. Um, you, you need to be able to get through the day and still be able to work, look after your kids, cook, do whatever you've got to do. So you want to make sure that the majority of your calories you've had during the day and you've actually stabilized your blood sugar levels. I'm not a believer in snacking. I believe in keeping your portion sizes incredibly small, but making sure they're nutritionally sound and keeping them throughout the day the same size so that you're not in the afternoon. The classic diet is having an apple and four nuts in the afternoon. When you're mm. going into one of the steps, you don't need that there. And if you are having lunch at 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock and you're having a muffin in the afternoon and you're only eating again at 7 o'clock at night, um, and your evening times are often some of your most stressful. When you've got the family, the kids, the homework, you've got all of that going on, what are you going to do? You're going to open up that fridge 
and you're not going to think again, I'm going to have a carrot. You are going to pick up a piece of cheese. You're going to pick up a piece of bread. And so it's extremely important that you eat the majority of your calories during the day to stabilize your blood sugar levels. So the foods do help us stabilize our blood sugar. Sorry if I didn't get that. What what types of foods do help us stabilize our blood sugar? Um, well, again, my best forms are instead of eating your your lots of breads, we use our vegetables. Of course, we can have some rice. We can do all of those things. The other is to keep a good amount of protein throughout your day. It could either be plant-based or animal-based. And, of course, good fats. Um, we're not talking banting diet here. Okay, I always advocate a good 80% of your plate should be um, salads and vegetables. But you can, your best forms of stabilizing blood sugar levels are either proteins or fats. And not going for the fats on animals and things like that. You want good fats. You want your avos. You want your oils. And that is what I teach my clients is what, what is the difference between good and bad and, and, um, you know, what are your better options? Because another thing with these unstable blood sugar levels, it's going to cause problems with blood pressure. You're going to start to see cardiovascular disease. And enormous big area that is not spoken about is, um, is Alzheimer's and dementia. They've actually hmm. proved that unstable blood sugar levels is one of the, there was a big study done in 2012 that showed that insulin resistance in the brain proceeds um, and contributes to cognitive decline above and beyond anything else that they know of. So every time that you go into one of these dips, you're actually starving your brain of glucose, which wow. means you, you, yeah. And so the thing is that what is that, what's going, that is why you see more anger, irritability, moodiness. Now, if this goes on throughout the day, every day, throughout the week, throughout the year, what is going to happen to you is that one of the things you often see with this is that you forget your memory goes. And that mm-hmm. is frightening. That is frightening. Can, can we touch up a little bit on children and how they should be eating to stabilize their blood sugars, to help them concentrate, etc., in schools? How they would start their morning, um, what types of foods they should be eating during the day, etc.? Okay. Um, again, we look at giving your children the best protein breakfast. Don't give them all those Kellogg's, those um, those cereals, because all you're doing is pushing a lot of sugar into them, which again is going to push them into these these dips throughout the day. Then everyone's being diagnosed with ADD and ADHD, and your child's not sitting still in class. And, and things like that is you want to make sure that you give them the best protein meal, even if it's spaghetti bolognese for breakfast. I know it sounds weird because most people are putting up their nose now, but if you can do that, if you can give them the best protein breakfast, you will find that they will be much more stable for a longer period of time at work um, at school. So and are you so, saying that, sorry, are you saying that both with children and with adults, what we need to do is we need to, um, we need to always combine a protein with, with, with a vegetable, with a, with, 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 with a carb. How, like, is, is it a, a thing of combination or, um, or? Yeah, you know, if you, you want to give kids a good balanced meal. Um, you don't want to, unless, you know, you know, you, the average child is not overweight, you know, at that age of, of, you know, young seven, eight, nine. And so you want to give them a balanced meal and a balanced meal does not come out of a box packet or tin. Right, um, right. a balanced meal is, is, 
a good meal. It's it's the spaghetti bolognese. It's it's um, uh, it could be a homemade um, fish cake with slices of avo and things. And and you've got to teach your kids to start eating properly. If you are shoving sugar into them from the time that they are born, they are never going to appreciate vegetables. They're never going to appreciate the food. Um, and and also it depends on you. If you're going to say, well, I would never eat that for breakfast, well, then your child is never going to eat it for breakfast. And I've noticed that the clients that give me the hardest um, sort of uphill when it comes to breakfast are actually the ones that get it right first. And they're the first ones to phone me and say, Taryn, I feel so good eating this breakfast. And mm. so – your child deserves the same. And also when your child comes home from school is don't say, well, listen, I'm just going to quickly make you a sandwich or grab some fruit because we're going to eat supper. That is not what we've got to tell our kids. When they come from home from school, they are hungry. They're tired. They may have hours of work ahead of them. Give them the best meal you possibly can. It's almost like you want to give them supper over there. And so what that they eat very little for supper. You want them to wake up hungry in the morning for a good breakfast. It's um, get away from this classic idea of what we should be doing. Feed your kids when they come home from school. They are tired. They're irritable. They're hungry. And then what you're going to do is give them sugar or carbohydrates. And Karen, just describe for me a good breakfast. What is a good breakfast? <laughs> okay. My, <laughs> I know you're laughing. Um, it's... Um, it's almost everything, anything that you could have for supper. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Ava, at one stage, at one stage, you said to me that you had a, a really good piece of salmon for breakfast, and how you laughed yes. the whole day. Yes. So carry yes. On. <laughs> I play devil's advocate here, Fagy. I play devil's advocate. I want our listeners out there to hear that I eat T-bone steak for breakfast. No, I'm joking. Go. <laughs> you can have a nice lamb and, you know, for breakfast tomorrow morning. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it, as long as you're balancing it with. With good antioxidants, and you know that's another talk in its own. Is good antioxidants, so you want to balance it, um, and um, you know it could even be scrambled eggs on a slice of toast with some avo. Again, there we've got this lovely protein and fat going. It could be if you're vegetarian or vegan, you could be doing beans and lentils and chickpeas and things like that. Um, you could do your um, if you're if you're vegetarian as a family, you could do a um, a slice of gluten-free toast or, or ordinary toast, whatever you're using, with lots of avo and some hummus and some um, olive tapenade and slice of tomato. You could – a breakfast is, is anything that you want to make it as long as it's good. Um, there's no reason why you can't have roast chicken for breakfast if you wanted it, why you can't have a curry with a little bit of rice for breakfast. There's, there's no reason why you can't have these. Get away from what we've traditionally been taught, and you will notice an enormous big difference. Um, I just want to come back to that intermittent fasting that you were talking, yes. you were asking about, is that, um, again, this is my view. It's not the standard view, is that it does not make sense for for me uh, to allow my clients to fast in the morning. If you're at home and you've got, you're not working, you can easily fast up until lunchtime. But if you've got a very pressurized job, um, you cannot go to work on an empty stomach and not have eaten. So many people end up drinking cups of coffee. And by the time they break their fast at lunchtime, they will grab anything and just 
shovel everything in because they know they've only got those two meals to go, you know, before they start fasting again. So for me, if you're going to start fasting, you start fasting after your 2.30 to 4 o'clock meal in the afternoon and you don't eat again until breakfast where you have a good meal and you can get through the day. You so then again, get- does, inter- does intermittent fasting help blood sugar levels? Yes, it can for some and not for others. There's not one diet that fits everybody. There's not one fasting program that fits everybody. So you can't just put everybody into the same bracket and say this works for everyone. It doesn't. And I've noticed that the people with high-pressure jobs, people that have got an incredible amount to do during the day, do not last until lunchtime properly. By the time they start eating, they are hungry. They're tired. They're irritable. Um, so, and another thing is that a lot of your detoxification takes place at night. So wouldn't you want to be fasting to be able to allow detox to be, be able to happen when your digestion is quiet? Okay. And you can go through the night and allow your body to de- detox. Okay. And then by the morning, by four, five o'clock, that detox is starting to wane so that your hormones are kicking in to get you out of bed. You are not detoxifying at 11 o'clock at night in the afternoon, in the morning. You are doing it at night. So for me, it makes sense for you to stop eating later on in the afternoon after your meal and you've had a good day and then you only eat again in the morning. The mm-hmm. problem with that, though, is that, that like, you know, most people are doing these eight to five jobs. Like right now, we're actually doing yeah. eight to eight jobs. So like the, the daylight hours and even into the night hours, we are like pumping out uh, yeah. a, a lot, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of stress, a lot of like, you know, brain power. Um, so generally, I've tried intermittent fasting. I honestly have. I've done it from, you know, supper until 12 o'clock lunchtime. But it does make sense what it is, you know, what you, what you are saying. And I do know that if I don't stabilize my sugars during the day, then, then I can't sit down and concentrate. And I do, you know, keep on opening the fridge to see what it is that I need. And it's just, it's a horrible, vicious rolling ball that just gathers moss. And I guess gathers a lot of a lot of other rubbish along the way too. And also, it means that um, you're not calming down at night. You've got this full stomach. Most people are eating the biggest meal at night after not eating much throughout the day, and so they eat this big meal at night. They sit down and they go, "Oh, I'm absolutely exhausted. I've had it this mm-hmm. this awful day." But they have not eaten enough food during the day, so they're having their biggest meal at night, where they're at your most sedentary. So you and you start detoxifying at night. So what happens to that food? It's going to be be stored as fat ultimately Mm. at the end of the day. You've got more chance of burning of calories during the day than you've got at night. So it makes more sense to be able to energize yourself, to be able to get through the day and do your work, do everything and feel good. And when it comes to the evening, you you you're peckish, but you're not starving. So I always tell my clients, if you're starving at night, it means you have not eaten enough food in the day. Um, And it allows you to relax. A lot of people that cannot sleep at night are going through these dips and um, unable to get a lot lot of rest because their body is still digesting food. And so um, exercise is another area that we should talk about with regard to blood sugar levels. You know, I think that is important. What what does it do to you if you if you exercise and what type of exercise then? Well, 
Again, for very busy people, a lot of people say they don't have time to exercise. So I've started this thing is if you can put in three to four minutes of intense exercise um, three to four times a day, um, you will you can be feeling absolutely exhausted and you just jump up, you exercise, you can do it to music and you suddenly feel energized, you're alert, you're, you are back in what I call the zone and um, you're feeling excellent. You don't have to go to gym for, for an hour every day because a lot of people go to gym for an hour every day and then they sit at their desk and they're not burning any, any um, uh, calories. So if you can break up your exercise into tiny forms, like running up and down stairs, um, instead of walking to the toilet at the office, put in some speed. Instead of taking the, the escalator or the lift, run up the stairs. There are so many ways of actually exercising. And what this does, it, it, it creates insulin sensitivity. It helps you burn calories. It's, exercise is everything as well. It's, it's so important. That's, that's why I guess they tell, you know, people that, that have chronic diabetes, one of the things is, is that exercise has to be a mainstay of their, of their regime to keep their blood sugars, blood sugar stable. And another thing is if you cannot stabilize your blood sugar levels, ultimately at the end of the day, you are a high candidate to develop, um, uh, or if you've got insulin resistance, is osteoporosis. So, um, it, there's even more of a reason for you to be exercising is to make sure that you are um, uh, keeping your bones strong and, of course, mm. make it that you stay out of these dips throughout the day. Right. right. So, Karen, at what stage do you, do you medicate or do you help someone with stabilizing their blood sugar? Well, I think that food comes first. Food always comes first. Um, in a lot of cases, when you stabilize your blood sugar levels, you don't require medication unless there's something, a bigger picture going on. There's, there's, for a lot of people, there's always a bigger picture. Um, but uh, if you st- just alone um, just use food, you can do very well. I often give somebody just something small to stabilize their blood sugar level in, in beginning. And again, what I say to them is you take it at breakfast and you take it at 2.30 to 4 o'clock so that you are picking those, you're lifting up those dips. But um, a lot of people come to me already with on very, very high levels of medication, excessively high levels because they can't stabilize their blood sugars. And in a lot of cases, the doctor has not said, Mrs. Jones, what are you eating during the day? Yes. They're not, they're not finding out this person's drinking two liters of Coke during the day. They, they're not finding out that, or they just say to them, go onto a low carb diet. But the times of the day you eat are often more important. Can we, can we just stop that there for a minute? We're going to go for an ad break. Anybody who'd like to make a comment or ask a question to our guest, Taryn Cochlin, please feel free to SMS on 34519. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. Welcome back, and uh, we are sitting in the, not in the studio, but we are talking to Taryn Cochlin. Um, about blood sugars and how it actually affects us and uh, affects our moods. It affects uh, everything about us. Last week, we touched a lot on inflammation and how eating the wrong foods gives us an inflammatory response. Taryn, is there a connection between inflammation and sugar, blood sugar? Very much so. Um, we find that people that are diabetes 2 or insulin resistance have very high levels of inflammation. Um, 
people don't understand that having constant headaches is inflammation. Having bloating and flatulence, having heartburn is inflammation. Joint pains are inflammation. High cholesterol is inflammation. High blood pressure is inflammation. All of these are, all these sometimes, these little symptoms that we do have. Fatigue is another good example of inflammation. It's massive when you're dealing with blood sugar levels. So when you go into these dips during the day, your inflammation increases. And they often say that it can take up to nine hours to get out of an inflammatory response when you are in these dips. So um, often you're going to find people that have got insulin resistance, having cardiovascular disease or having kidney disease or having um, one of the, the blood pressure. They often go hand in hand. You see them as these twos and threes. Um, another thing is that you collect body fat, and body fat is actually inflammation. The more body fat you have, you've got an incredible network of, of blood vessels that circulate within body fat and making you more receptive to um, sugar issues. And so the more you can lose the body fat around your stomach, you will reduce inflammation. It's massive. It's, we come back to what we talk, spoke about last week is inflammaging. We are inflammaging as we're getting older, is um, we are adding all these chronic diseases to our system because we are not eating properly. We are not stabilizing our blood sugar levels. So we're pushing out these inflammatory cytokines throughout the day and um, and making our situations worse. And I can't help but, again, reiterate that, uh, you know, in the present situation that we're finding ourselves as a society where we are so dead scared, and it's a pun intended, of this COVID-19. And all it is is a virus. The problem that the reason why it's so dangerous is because it's attacking all of us who are inflammaging. And when we've got all these other chronic diseases, um, you know, it just creates that cytokine storm even bigger, yeah. and our body cannot actually handle to fight it. And the secret here is we're going on and on and on about finding the vaccination and all of that, and I'm not knocking that. But at the same time, the vaccine is not going to cure, is not the cure all for COVID-19, is that really in truth society, we've we've allowed ourselves to become sick by by inflammaging, by doing all the wrong things to our body, when in truth, if we we were all really on a a much healthier keel, you know, COVID-19 would be there, we maybe would run a temperature, catch the flu and, you know, walk away from it. Um, and that's why why it's just become such a scary thing. And maybe it's something that everybody just actually has to turn around and and look at and see and understand, you know, that we've got to fix up what's inside of us, not just go and find another injection, another pill, another something that's going to take away now this threat. We are threats to ourselves. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, you know, people are rushing out and buying their zinc and their vitamin C and and taking all that stuff. But if you are feeding yourself rubbish and you are eating that donut and you you eating tons of bread. I mean, what is that pill going to really do? You know, uh, you're wasting your money. You know, if you cannot take the time to eat properly, you know, and, and you're going to rely on a bag of tablets, it doesn't make sense. And, and, and again, what you were saying about the COVID, look after your body, stabilize your blood sugar levels so that you, you are reducing inflammation. You know, look after your gut health that you are reducing inflammation. These are the things we should be looking at and not 
as you say, we're all going to get, I, I honestly believe we're all going to get it in some shape or form, but it's yeah. how you get out of it that's so important, how how you handle it. Sure, there are a lot of genetic um, components attached to these, but um, one of the other things we were talking about last week was how, to, how you're absorbing your vitamins and minerals, and one of them was vitamin K that, that I spoke about. Now, they've also found that vitamin K is, is extremely important with regard to COVID. They're finding that people with very low levels of vitamin K um, are the ones that end up on these ventilators or having blood clots. So mm. where mm. are you finding vitamin K? You're finding it in your leafy green vegetables. So shouldn't we be eating that? Um, yeah. you, you I, know, watched, I watched a, 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 I don't know, a discussion between some guy and, and a, a professor at, at a Cape Town hospital, I think in the immunology, and they were talking about this, the whole COVID thing and, you know, how it's going. It was about a month or two ago. And one of the things that the doctor said actually, like, you know, struck a chord. He said, what he's, what, what he's like, upset about the most is that we we like all were preparing through lockdown to face this pandemic that was going to hit society and what did government do um, they wanted to help the poor and the vulnerable and they gave them food packages mm. he says but what are they given their food packages bread yeah. and coke and flour and he says all that is going to do is depress their immune system even more and make yeah. them even more vulnerable to the COVID-19 you know like why not give them fruits and vegetables vegetables and, 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 you know, healthy protein and rather, you know, let their, their bodies prepare for the fight against it. You're actually, you're actually your own enemy. Yeah. I think we all, to a certain extent, are our own worst enemies. Um, we let our minds and, and um, the taste, our taste buds overtake what is actually right for us. So I'm going to have that because I want it, not because I need it. Um, I'm just going to eat that because it tastes good and um, not because it's right for my body. And I think we need to actually start rethinking the way we look at it. Maybe it doesn't taste as nice, but is it going to help me get through my day? Is it going to help me get through my week? Am I going to live on blood pressure tablets and cholesterol tablets, or am I going to be much healthier as I get older? So if we can stop this this uh, battle that we've got going within us is just eating because we can and um, eating it because it tastes nice, rather than looking at, is it benefiting me? I think that is extremely important. I think a, a, a very, very, very important discussion. Again, if you have any questions or comments, you can SMS on 34519. Unfortunately, as always, when we have such good conversations, time runs away with us. We're going to go for a bit of a bad break and just kind of like wrap it all up when we get back. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Well, welcome back. And I think that our discussion today, certainly for me, and even though, you know, this is something that I have always had forefront in my mind and try to live my life by, nevertheless, every time you hear it, it kind of emphasizes how important it is with your nutrition. And obviously, you can reverse a lot of disease with nutrition. Let's look at it on a, on a positive spin. Uh, Taryn, what can we do to start reversing all these diseases, these chronic diseases that we, we are living with? Like what, can you give us some, like some nutritional pointers that a person who's listening to today can just say, I hear you. Okay, let me try and change myself just a little bit. What should I do next? What's the next step? Okay, first of all is your mindset. 
Um, that is extremely important. You've got to have the mindset to want to change. Secondly, to make sure that you have a very good breakfast and that you don't turn that afternoon energy dip into a carbohydrate um, feast, that you make sure you eat incredibly well over there, especially your children, um, that you don't make your biggest meal at night time before you're going to go to bed, and to keep your portion sizes consistent throughout the day. That is very important. Don't snack. Eat good comprehensive meals. Combine your good proteins and fats and carbs together um, so that, and again, it, carbs can often be vegetables. Most of my carbs are vegetables rather than rice and potato, um, rice and bread. And um, eat as many antioxidants as possible. Antioxidants are dampeners of inflammation. So, Again, this is a big topic, but um, get as many colorful vegetables into your diet as possible um, and make most of that your green because these dampen inflammation. Um, cholesterol synthesis, the way you burn fat, all revolves around how you, you metabolize your antioxidants and look after your gut health so that you absorb the food that you're eating. And another thing is make sure that you get rid of your belly fat and the other thing is exercise, exercise, exercise. Wow. That's like quite a lot of things for me to start in one day. <laughs> Faggy, do you want to come over for some lamb chops and rice tomorrow morning? <laughs> I'll be the first thing in the morning. You can bring it to my car, Idol. <laughs> <laughs> drive-by. A drive-by. Yes, thank you. I think, I think, you know, all the points that you have said are, 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 are of vital importance. And that it, it, it does, I think, I think the biggest out of everything that you said is the, your mindset. Like most people that I've spoken to trying to convince them to change their lives. And I even know with myself, the biggest battle is your mindset. And that is really, again, one of the reasons that uh, Faggy and I have created the Healthy You, Wealthy You, because if you just gently get it on a daily basis, you know, don't do this, do this, do this, don't do this, it's just kind of like helps you a little bit more in understanding and just motivating you to, to change because change is very, very difficult. It's just much easier to swallow I'd, that. I'd like to though, Adel, in, instead of mm-hmm. just the mindset story, you know, I found that, by, by actually understanding what is going on with your body and let's say what we're trying to do, understanding what blood sugar levels do to you, et cetera, and what nutrition does to you, I feel that when you do understand what is going on, it, it's, it's more empowering. So it's not just a mindset. So when I look at a piece of bread, I go, I cannot eat that because it's really going to have a huge effect on me. It's not like, mm. oh, I really want it and change my mindset. When you understand the effects that certain foods have on you, you just won't have them. Yes, yeah. actually such an important point is that um, I spend a lot of time explaining to people why they've got to do what they've got to do because if you just send them away with a diet sheet and say go and do that, there's a big chance they're going to fail. But if they understand, if they put that into the mouth, what is going to happen to their body, you have a better compliance um, with your clients. Is If they know what, what is causing inflammation, um, it's their, their chance of success is much greater visualization, all of those things, visualizing themselves healthy. And another thing is do it as a family. If you've got to do it on your own, it's very hard. But if you bring it into your family and make it a whole family thing, it's much easier for that person. And if I can add in there just with with kids, you know, lots of times my kids are grown up now, um, but I even look at my grandkids and I always, you know, tell my children, like, do this with them. And they go, no, just because it's too hard. If you make eating fun and creative – 
and you know show the kids like they just let their like let them visualize and say look at the beautiful colors that are here should we choose red things or should we choose green things should we do this or should we do that then they, they actually like embrace it more kids will eat what it is that we give them it's just that we're so so stressed you know and 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 so busy that we we don't have the time or the energy to so it is it's it's a mindset shift and an, an understanding from the adult and that then can be you know um taken down I think it's also hugely else. important to understand that like when someone does have my constant migraines uh, when they do have high blood pressure when they do have you know diabetes or even something as simple as tm not simple but tmj so many people suffer from tmj and then they mm. go for their you know their shots in their jaw or they go on certain medications just to help them when you know if we understand what inflammation does to us and the effect that it has on us we will want to make that life change and we will and and when you when you do make that life change and you see the positive effects that it does have on us and, and how it can turn things around. I mean, they're, they're turning Alzheimer's around in the world. There's studies yeah. being done where they literally, through nutrition, are turning patients with Alzheimer's and sending them home. There you go. So we are trying to change things around. Taryn, thank you very, very much for joining us yet again. It's awesome. been an incredibly informative and, and really empowering uh, session. Fagi. Thanks again for being with thank me you. on the uh, on the you, show, Eva. and uh, we're and thank here. You, Taryn. Thank you. We're here every single Wednesday between nine and ten, discussing as normal lay people what it is that we can do to start living a better, healthier life. So here's to a good week of nutrition, exercise, and sleep. Have a wonderful one.